Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins. Today, it's great to be joined by Tom Durr. Tom, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself. Tell us all about this wonderful world of AI and marketing and everything in between. So over to you, Tom. Thank you for having me, Simon. It's uh, it's great to be here. Uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Tom Durr. I'm, uh, I'm the founder of a company called Machina Marketing. Um, so... I've been in marketing for nearly 15 years. Uh, I've kind of seen it all almost. You know, I've I've worked in agencies. I've worked in big corporations. I've worked in startups. I've worked independently. Um, and that's across, you know, the UK, Europe, the US, uh, lived in the US. Uh, and so, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of things. Um, and I have done teaching and I, I've, you know, really kind of what I believe is run the gamut of, of marketing. Um, I came to a point last year when I wanted to to start something uh, of my own. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough to break through the noise in marketing in any profession. You know, if you're offering the same as, as everyone else, um, it, you don't have much of a, a differentiation. And I realized what I was really interested in was some of the advancements at the time uh, that AI was bringing about, about to the, the marketing profession. You know, it's it's been on the radar for everyone for a long time. And obviously the last... 12, 18 months has, has kind of kicked it up into high gear. Um, but it was only really a year ago, maybe longer, that we started seeing it seep into uh, the day-to-day -day marketing profession of individuals. You know, we'd been using tools that kind of had AI labels and it, it was in some conversations and, you know, there's talk of it, algorithms using AI and, and whatnot. But uh, it started to seep in and I noticed that there was a real opportunity to do it right uh you know uh, when a new technology comes along in marketing uh, there's a big race for adoption there's a lot of people trying to to use things and be smart be the first one and and have a you know a, a quick make a quick buck um i realized ai was kind of posed a bigger opportunity and equally bigger risks uh than anything we'd ever seen in marketing before and i i went about with a mission to inform and educate businesses on how to meaningfully adopt AI to impact their marketing. Uh, you know, it, it, they're spending so much that they're employing all these people, they're paying out through through media, through tools, through, through agencies and partners. Um, but this <clears throat> dawn of AI for, for almost every profession is, uh, you know, presents so many groundbreaking opportunities, uh, but it also presents plenty of threats as well. And I, I was afraid that businesses weren't going to look at this in a meaningful way. They were going to be haphazard. They were going to be urgent and hasty. And, and, you know, uh, I, I found a machina to, to help guide businesses on that and, and provide them with the support, the tools, the education and training they needed to, uh, to take it on and make a big impact with their marketing through AI. So thanks very much indeed, Tom, for giving us that little bit of context, that little bit of an introduction. Look, you're no stranger to the world of marketing and everything digital because you've been a, a digital marketing manager. You've been a digital marketing director. You've been an adjunct professor, I know, uh, down there at uh, San Diego State University. And you've, you've had many roles where you've sort of been the VP and the, uh, the sort of head honcho when it comes to these marketing type roles. You understand this world of marketing and i suppose we have this new layer of ai built on top today don't we and it's very confusing to some it's hugely exciting to others 
When it comes to the current state of the adoption, though, what are your viewpoints when it comes to how how is AI actually being adopted in the marketplace? What are you seeing some of the main challenges maybe companies and individuals are facing? What's your view on that? So I think the adoption is very varied. There's a vast spectrum of adoption. It is not a level playing field. Um, I think there's it, a lot of it comes down to the individuals. Uh, and I, I see a, a degree of enthusiasm, particularly with more junior members of marketing teams who are, you know, this is as new to them as anything else within their career. So so they take it with as much gravity because they're keen to learn. People who are a bit more entrenched uh, and seasoned as marketers um, are coming about it in different ways. And, and there's at one end, you have people who are, uh, very hesitant, very cautious, see it as a huge risk. Um, and, and, you know, they see it, they view it through an archaic lens. They, they don't want to change the way they're doing things. And it's not so bad in marketing. Marketing is a profession of, of innovation and competition. You know, you have to innovate, you have to be competitive, you have to constantly change your ways, adopt, evolve. Um, and so, you know, people have some willingness, but there's a definitely a degree of apprehension. On the other end of that spectrum, a lot of the adoption that I've seen has been to cut corners. Uh, you know, it's been using generative AI to to produce content uh, and just to produce 10 times more content than they could before or to spend one-tenth of the time producing content and end up with the same amount. And, you know, either way, it's not a great uh, uh, result and a great outcome. Um, I think it's it's somewhat uh, lazy. It's definitely... Um, I've not seen any good examples of uh, companies I've worked with that, that have already looked at adopting AI uh, at a company level, you know, and having uh, policies in place, some rules and guidelines. Uh, you know, it's um, it reminds me of when social media came about, uh, you know, speaking back when Facebook became big and uh, it turned from having to have a university email address to like anyone could use it there was companies that were willing to hear you speak out about it. They would, they would say, okay, you know, I've heard about this Facebook, like what do we need to do? And you would explain the advantages of having this public platform. And and their response was often uh, great. Well, we'll get, you know, one of the interns to look after that. And um, it always struck me as that was such a public platform. Uh, and obviously it became, you know, social media became what it is today. It's, it's, it typically is the the face of companies uh, that is the, the what we see of them is how they they carry themselves on social media, and and to think back at companies back then, you know, being willing to to just let the most junior person in the company have the keys and kind of do what they want, you know, as long as they were doing something, that was fine. They checked the box, and and I see similar attitudes with the adoption of of AI. It's you know let let some of the people use it if they can cut corners, great. Uh, if they can, if they can just get more work done, that's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's quite reckless. And then a step beyond that is a couple of conversations I've had of, you know, do I need my whole team? If I, if I adopt AI, like, can I save money on headcount? And, uh, I, I you know, the answer can sometimes be yes, but I think it's a, a fairly, uh, short-sighted, well, it's a very short-sighted way of, of looking at it. Um, so that's, that's how I've seen some of the adoption. Definitely, um, you know, the lack of policies, lack of of rules and guidance within companies. Practically no internal education and training. Uh, 
a lot of that is because there's very little on the market, you know, other than like we're offering stuff and, and you see a few other companies uh, when it comes to like legal or finance um, or product development and software engineering, you know, there's, there's companies that will step in and provide some guidance, but it, it's, it's like the digital transformation era, you know, I mean, digital transformation, there's family businesses in digital transformation. There's people whose parents did it and now they do it. It's been going on that long. You'd think we would have transformed by this point, you know, it's, uh, but um, it, it's a similar thing, you know, it, there's, there's not too many vendors out there uh, providing that support. And then there's a, there's just a, a mix of attitudes internally in terms of investing in that support training and education. So that's kind of what I've seen on, on my journey so far. And I, I feel like the, the time's, changing a little bit we're seeing some improvement but um i'm not impressed by the pace of that that improvement that's interesting tom thanks thanks for your insights on that because uh, obviously you're right at the the cutting edge of this industry you're providing this service to individuals to companies uh, but one thing i do want to go back to something that you said that struck a chord with me which was about the staffing question, right? Well, if I use AI, I can get rid of lots of people and save lots mm -hmm. of money. But you you talk about that in a very different way because you don't talk about uh, sort of doubling or quadrupling the output of, say, a marketing team or your staff. You talk about doubling the impact that the staff are having. And that's a big difference, isn't it? It's not about more of the same and just being more efficient at creating more. It's about actually using AI to make a difference with the impact. And I, it sort of brings me onto something very close to my heart, which is about focusing on outcomes, successful outcomes, and not outputs. Could you talk to that a little bit in terms of your approach there? Because I think that's really the core of what I picked up when you were talking there. Yeah, I mean, you know, to anyone that might be listening to this that knows me or has worked with me in the past will have heard me say the phrase outcomes, not output. Uh, a million times focus on outcomes not output um uh, that's a bit of a mantra that that i think rings true to to almost anything you do in marketing um but it, but also <laughs> almost any other professional space um there's too many people out there whose priority is to to be busy you know seen to be busy seen to have done a lot a full calendar uh, a lot of reports and and a lot of tangible things that they've produced and ultimately in marketing you know if that doesn't produce results then it, it's meaningless you know it's it's got to lead to some kind of commercial or mission-driven benefit uh for whatever purpose you're doing marketing for in the first place and the adoption of ai is is no different in, in that respect it's you know to to adopt ai for the purposes of just doing more um it, it's not enough uh now it's certainly having that increased productivity gives you an opportunity. I and mean, if you can do more, you can learn more, if you can test more. And if you can test more, you can learn more. And if you can learn more, you can improve more. And, you know, those stages of, of iteration and optimization of marketing are, are crucial. Uh, and they're often governed by things like your media spend or, or the size of your email database or volumes of data that you have access to. But this is a new approach to to the pace of innovation within the work that you're con conducting as a marketer, whatever whatever discipline within marketing you're working on, you can do things faster. So as a result, you can learn and improve faster. And so, so in that respect, the output certainly increases. Uh, but unless you leverage that to increase, uh, improve your outcomes, 
it's kind of pointless. You're just being busy for the sake of being busy. And and a lot of people skate by <laughs> their whole careers that way. And that's great for them. But, but you know, to do meaningful marketing, um, back to that that phrase, you've got to focus on outcomes and, and not output. I, I think it's sage advice because we're seeing, aren't we, a rise in AI-generated content, which is kind of in the category of so what content? I mean, okay, so you're just putting stuff out there. But is it delivering that value? Is it driving that outcome? I think that's real sage advice and that probably the best way to look at it or at least to look at it through that lens. And I think it brings me nicely onto something else I wanted to ask you about, which is obviously with this organization that you now have, how are you actually, you know, practically helping companies? Are you going in and advising them and consulting on different technologies and tools? Are you you know, bringing them along to workshops to help them expand their knowledge in AI? Like what, what is it practically that you actually help companies with, Tom? Yeah, so at the core, it's a, it's a consultative model. Uh, you know, we go in to be able to consult, you have to understand what it is they're trying to achieve and how it is they're achieving that. Uh, so, you know, looking at their, their goals, their business goals, their marketing objectives, uh, what their strategy currently looks like, uh, and what their resources look like, their team makeup, their their marketing tech stack, their operations, their alignment with sales, all those things to, to get an understanding of what they're trying to do and how they're currently doing it. You never walk into a room and learn all those things and, and think, great, you have all that covered. Everything looks good. There's always holes uh, in that um, to be fixed. So, so part of it is helping them address some of those things, but uh, then working with them to um, educate them on how they would introduce the use of AI into different parts of their workflow, whether that's at a strategic and planning level, uh, you know, using um, data analysis to understand more about the numbers they have and, and teach them more about their customers, the market, whatever that may be, through to uh, the actual workflow of the individuals on their team. Uh, if somebody is doing SEO, for example, I mean, SEO is a, a profession that's being definitely impacted by by AI quite significantly and, and quite well. I think there's a lot of um, rapid learnings people are able to gain through through some of the tools. Uh, content marketing, you know, you alluded to that there. It's it's you see a lot of content now that has definitely been produced by AI. Um, uh, and then you know, there's there's uh, their website, there's their paid media, there's uh, you know, almost every aspect of the marketing team can be touched in different ways through slightly different methods of adoption and and uh, helping them understand that and then building a workflow and a playbook uh, for them to be able to understand, right, you know, we we go through our strategy process this way and this is the, the steps as well as the involvement of AI at different levels through to the execution uh, in the different channels that they invest in uh, so that, um, you know, not only can their team work off that playbook, because it's quite a, a significant shift in in the work they're doing, you can't expect them to just have a few meetings, uh, look at some documentation and remember it all. Uh, they have that to refer to um, as their playbook so that they can, you know, uh, keep working effectively um, with a lot of new tools and skills from day one. Um, and then implementing that, you know, so helping them onboard the technology, there's a, there's a, a plethora of tools out there. Uh, there's some that combine uh, different aspects of of what AI can do in in different forms and generative, uh, etc. And um, 
and then sometimes it's the same tool you know loads of people using chat gpt it's one it's one of my favorite it's very versatile um with all the different plugins and extensions you can get uh you could be using that for someone who's creating email marketing programs and automation around that as well as someone who is uh building out content for the website or someone who is doing social media um so helping them understand where it fits in to each one of those disciplines as well as what that workflow looks like now that you've introduced ai um and then you know the training wheels are on there's a degree of support that goes in there you, you kind of let them out onto the road with their new skills and then stay in tune for for as long as is necessary a lot of teams are very quick to uh to adapt and and some just need that extra bit of guidance and uh and undoubtedly, you know, you work with teams. If it's a team of say five people and and one or two of them leave, that's a they feel like that's quite a significant risk. You know, those people have left with those skills and they've got to fill the gap with people who now haven't gone through this process. So that's where a playbook comes in handy and uh, you know, a little bit of additional training that can be established and conducted by the existing teammates. Um, you know, just means that they can maintain that team. And that team can maintain their effectiveness. Um, so that's on a on a practical level. Some companies don't, you know, want to spend so much. They they want a bit of a taster. They want to dip their toe. And so we conduct workshops that are you know half a day, typically geared towards a marketing team. Sometimes you break it out, and it's it, the executives want something to digest themselves. The team wants something a bit more hands on. So it 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 looks a little bit different depending on the audience, but. Um, half a day's worth of time for a small investment is enough to get people excited, interested, and at least aware of some of the opportunities and the risks and how to go about this um, pragmatically rather than hastily and haphazardly. Yeah, all excellent points. And the question I've got in relation to that is about people's attitude to it. Because on one hand, you're kind of saying, some people are just desperate to get at this. They're jumping at it with both feet. They're in the AI world. They're excited about it. And on the other end of that scale, you've got, you know, maybe a bit more conservatism. You've people a little bit more hesitant, uh, maybe holding off a little bit, thinking about privacy concerns and, you know, other sort of corporate related issues. Do you think we are adopting at a different pace than, say, you mentioned earlier, you know, the social media revolution? or even um, the digital transformation, which seems to have dragged on for years, you were kind of alluding to. So is AI different, or are we going through that same sort of hype curve um, you know, when it comes to adoption? What's your view on that, Tom? I, I definitely think we're going to see a bit of a hype curve. Um, like with these the other innovations, the other technologies and and new things within marketing that have come about in the past. But I don't think this is the same uh, as those, I think you know the pace of innovation is extremely fast. I mean, for anyone who's trying to keep up on this, uh, whatever source you get your learnings from, it almost feels like you you you're catching up. You're keeping your head above water every day on all the new things that are happening, the different things people are doing, the pe different insights people have have uh, developed, and so um, I think you know that pace is extremely fast. And I think there's a degree of panic and urgency uh, in which in the attitudes of people adopting or, or just considering adopting AI and that they should be doing something fast. And, and, you know, it's, um, 
that's fair enough. That's a, a reasonable response to have to the pace at which this is going because we've not seen something like this before. Uh, but my advice to them is always to to learn with haste, but to proceed with caution. You know, so mm. try and uh, consume as much of this as you can. You know, invest your time in in becoming knowledgeable and and insightful into the world of AI and its impact on businesses. Maybe not get caught up on, you know, the, the top ten tools of, to use for email marketing today from some guy on LinkedIn, uh, and and learn more about the bigger concepts. Um, and then proceed with caution, you know, but but with those learnings and and with that understanding. And uh, you don't have to be rushing to make changes right now. I, I think, you know, it's you don't have to clear your calendar for the rest of the day, but you should be looking at what you're doing in the coming weeks and months. Uh, you know, that kind of pace of adoption is is the schedule that I think people should be looking at. And as somebody who's helping businesses sort of adopt AI for marketing type purposes, um, you've obviously got to keep your finger on the pulse because, as you say, it's changing every day. There's always something new to learn. There are new tools coming out. So personally, how do you know, as somebody who's advising and consulting in this area, what do you do to keep abreast of what's happening? Are you constantly scouring the Internet? Are you connecting with like minded individuals? How does your own sort of learning style work in this fast-paced ai world tom yeah i i guess it's it's wherever you can get the the freshest and most recent insights and and news but um doing that through through linkedin or setting up you know a feedly and having information gathered online dropped in your inbox or subscribing to newsletters uh and listening to podcasts going on youtube are all great i think you have to as with anything understand that there's a, a degree of there's a commercial value to be the first to say something about anything, regardless of the topic. So much of what's produced out there is there to gain your eyeballs and to make a, a quick buck. Um, there's people with a, an agenda. So, you know, be cautious about where you consume your information from. Um, but I, I'd say it's, I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through, I, I often surprised at how much I spend my time going through LinkedIn and seeing posts, groups I'm in, people I follow, people I'm connected with, uh, and it's new stuff. It's things I didn't know that day or, or hadn't found out about yet. Um, and I kind of have to put a pin in it because there's so much and then dedicate time every day to learning. So at least a couple of hours a day, reading back on things I've saved or knowing that there's a particular thing that's come out or a topic I need to research and doing further reading on that. Um, but it, it's for marketing specifically, I mean, so much of this is very general. You'll see websites and newsletters and and uh, people who, who like to call themselves influencers on LinkedIn, um, publishing a lot of stuff to do with marketing regularly. Um, I, I think it's depending on the work you're doing. If you're a generalist, if you, you're a marketing manager or director or, or leadership, you want to keep a broad view of, of the things you're taking in. If you're a specialist, if you work in one of those channels, there's different sources for that information. You can, you know, if you work in email marketing, there's a lot of email marketing uh, newsletters, websites, feeds of, of content that you can subscribe to. Um, but the it's always important to proceed with a little bit of caution there and, and understand where you're consuming that information from. Much of it is just to be the first person to say something about that topic. And, and uh, it doesn't always mean it's right. Um, and it doesn't always mean it's useful. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I think also, uh, Tom, something that I do want to ask you is about the roadmap. 
And I don't just mean your own personal company's roadmap, you know, although I'm interested in what the next six, 12, 18 months looks like for you, but also the adoption of AI. I mean, are we going to be in a very different sort of sphere in the next 12 months, 24 months? Are we going to see a mass adoption by businesses? And what does that mean for your own company? What are you hoping to achieve over the, the next year or two? Yeah, it's, it's a great question and and one that I get asked quite a lot. Uh, you know, what what are we looking at time wise? Like, and and some of some people who ask me are, are less interested in maybe what the next six or twelve months look like, but kind of how much time they have left to act. Uh, you know, so they're they're interested in that roadmap. For our company, our consulting model, you know, is is extremely valuable uh, for businesses that want to learn how to meaningfully adopt AI for their marketing. Um, I'm hoping that in time that will be less important as just the day to day use of AI. Uh, and so our, our next phase in the business is uh, the technology we're building to um, provide us a, a single, essentially one-stop shop platform for uh, your AI needs in regards to marketing. And so having something that can integrate with your existing marketing technology stack, it can uh, automate many of the workflows, can provide the necessary loops and QA steps, uh, pre-engineer plenty of the prompts, as we see the the progress being made with um, companies like OpenAI and you know uh, ChatGPT Enterprise or, or whatever ChatGPT four or five four point five or five looks like with fine tuning and some of those uh, abilities, you'll be able to provide your gu brand guidelines and historical marketing data to help it learn off off your own uh, materials and, and information. Um, having a single source to be able to do your marketing there. Uh, doesn't mean investing in enterprise level software. It means having a, a nice simple uh, layer that encompasses your access to a range of these different things that's, that's kind of accounted for as much of the work you need to do on a manual level. So like I said, pre-engineering uh, uh, prompts and things like that. That's a, a phase that we'll be moving into as we would expect less and less businesses to need real in-depth consulting but like we've seen with digital transformation, I mean, that's been going like 30 years and as a profession and it seems to not be slowing down. And those businesses are now transitioning to, to AI. Um, but, you know, so I, I imagine there'll always be a demand for it. In terms of the the industry at whole, uh, at large, um, I really think the next six to 12 months is probably the window of opportunity. Uh, you know, if you don't act in that time, <clears throat> I think it's, quite reckless and and short-sighted and misguided to not think that you can to think you can bury your head in the sand and that these problems will go away um they just won't i mean this isn't companies adopting social media and having a bit more of a public presence and, and a bit more public engagement with their customers this is paradigm shifts in the ability to make an impact as a marketing department or a team so if you bury your head in the sand for six months or a year and your neighbor who does the same thing as you, same amount of, of budget, you know, and the product is the same, but they invest in AI or they adopt it meaningfully, um, they won't just be a step ahead of you. They will be light years ahead of you and there's no catching up. There's no making up that that difference. I think this window we have is, is going to draw a very significant line of companies that have gone past it and fallen behind it. And, and that's, you know, I, that's a degree of alarmism that I, that I 
try and introduce some of my conversations. I don't want to scare people, but it's, you know, I want to encourage people to take action now. And um, I think we're going to see a big shift as a result in things like hiring. You know, companies are going to want to hire people who know how to use AI. They're, they're trained in prompt engineering or they can manage, uh, you know, suite of AI based tools uh, and they have familiarity in, in how to, you know, govern those workflows. Um, we'll probably see layoffs. I mean, it feels like we have a, a day of bad weather and it's an excuse for layoffs these days. You know, companies will jump at the opportunity for a, making a quick buck for their shareholders. They'll, they'll show that they've maintained productivity but dropped the cost of the, you know, of their resources. And shareholders, the price will go up in their shares for a short period of time. And I mean, that's that's corporate greed and that, that mentality will never change. So I, I would be surprised if we didn't see AI-based layoffs in a big way in the near future from some companies. I don't think that's going to be universal. Um, I think, like I said, next six to 12 months, maybe businesses will really get left behind. But I also think economies uh, will get left behind or leap ahead, depending on that nation's uh, policies, laws and regulations around the use of AI. I mean, you know, we see different stuff now in the EU as you have in the US. Um, and other countries have very, very proactive programs to to help businesses understand and adopt AI. Some have very, very tight laws. And I think you, you only need a marginal difference in those to, to see a significant impact in the businesses within that economy and that economy as a whole in the near future. And, and you know, we could see a, a very different uh, inequality of wealth to the one we currently have in the next five to 10 years as a result of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if it stems back to some of the governing policies introduced in the next year or so and, and how they shape how business is done and how AI is is used. Um, and then I, I we're seeing so many tools and technologies coming about these days uh, and it's great. They all do different stuff and people are innovating, but this this isn't like typical SaaS, this isn't typical technology and innovation. We've seen, you know, chat GPT enterprise be announced and and what that means for big companies who can take that and build something on it. It will probably see a lot of cannibalization of AI technologies and companies out there. Those who do something similar to one another, um, you know, you'll be able to do so much and and bigger tools, bigger technologies will be so versatile that there will be less of a need for the smaller folks. So I, I think there will be a bit of a cannibalization and a monopolization of the AI market with the technologies and the companies behind those technologies in the near future. And not that it'll all form a singularity anytime soon, um, although who knows, but uh, I think we're going to see less names in the mix uh, in the near future. Um, oh, and I guess with things like the adoption of AI, if people do it right and they do it well and and it becomes the norm, then everyone's, if everyone's special, no one's special. You know, if everyone's adopted AI in a meaningful way, the playing field becomes more level. And so we might get back to square one in terms of competition. We may be very advanced in terms of what we're actually doing, but it will then bring about more of an opportunity to be creative and innovative in how you do your marketing and how your message is carried and and you know what your brand stands for and and what your product can do um so i i still think some of the things that people uh worry about being impacted today may suffer there may be a bit of a winter of innovation and, and creativity 
um, in the coming months and years. But but I do see that coming full circle as the playing field is leveled, where those those professions and and those um, uh, you know credentials are, are valued again, uh, possibly more than they have been in the past. Yeah, all excellent points, and uh, I think one of the things that I'm a large proponent for and a supporter of is this sort of movement of promoting AI for good, which is also about leveling the playing field. Now, whether that's in developing countries or helping businesses or helping, you know, from an educational perspective or developing health tech, I think AI has a big role to play in that sort of AI for good and helping people, countries, communities, and cultures around the world. And the other thing that struck me while you were speaking, Tom, is that sort of warning label, proceed with caution. But the big word there for me is proceed. You know, don't get left behind because there will be a, a marked difference. Now, yes, in the grand scheme of things, it may come full circle, but we're going to have companies that move ahead pretty rapidly by learning, hiring people that understand AI, that are investing in AI. And we're already starting to see some of those organizations pull away. So I think mm. your comments there are, are spot on. So thank you for sharing that. Um, the other thing before we run out of time is I wanted to ask you if there was anything else in this sort of AI marketing world that you're in that you want to share with our international audience today, or maybe something that you want to double down on that we've touched on already. And secondly, and really importantly, if people want to reach out and connect with you on an individual level and maybe get involved with some of the services that you're offering from your company's perspective, where is the best place to point people to, Tom? So I'll answer that one first. <laughs> the uh, best place to go is, is our website, uh, machinamarketing.ai. Um, they can find everything uh, about what we do and how we do it there. And, and there's very easy ways for them to to get in touch via that, schedule time with us, get a call, uh, get a meeting on the books, and we can kind of take it from there. Um, obviously, people are more than welcome to reach out to me uh, directly on LinkedIn. I love meeting new people, having conversations about this. Um, it's a big part of my my day-to-day, -day, my week-to-week, -week is, is just spending time sharing thoughts. Um, and it's Tom Durr on LinkedIn. If you if you search that, it's hard to spell, but if you copy and paste it from, from this podcast, you might find me. I don't think there's too many of me out there. Um, but uh, yeah, and then in terms of an additional takeaway or, or doubling down on something, I think it, I would say that making making learning about AI a priority is really important for the individual, for companies, for anyone in any profession. I mean, it, I can't imagine, there's probably a lot of old trades that that may be minimally impacted by AI in the future, but I, I just think that it's going to touch absolutely everyone regardless of what they do in some way. I mean, this is going to be adopted heavily in almost every big business function. So if you work in a company, chances are, if that doesn't matter if that company doesn't make something with AI, you, whatever you do is going to be impacted. So spend time learning about AI, how it can impact businesses, how you could benefit from it, how your company could ben benefit from it. Put yourself in a position of value, uh, you know, be the individual uh, who knows the most. Um, I mean, my advice to, to business leaders is to, to find those individuals, empower them with time and resources to, to learn and, and adopt that knowledge uh, and share it with others. Some companies are willing to establish an AI panel 
So representatives from different functions within the business who dedicate time to learning about AI, uh, uh, discuss how it can be leveraged for the for business value, and then you know disseminate that knowledge into the company. But they're the go-to internal kind of authority. Uh, some are willing to actually hire uh, an individual, you know, make somebody the AI evangelist uh, company-wide. Um, but there's very few people that kind of would meet the qualifications of that yet. You know, that's a that's a line of work that that will certainly uh, grow. But um, for now, having people in your company be empowered and and uh, skilled and and taking on new knowledge is going to be really important for themselves and and for the the business uh, as a whole. Um, <clears throat> You know, and I, I think back to the point I said earlier, learn with haste and proceed with caution. And and you made a bit great point about proceeding being a key word there, but uh, be fast to learn this stuff. You know, it's it, it there's so much new insight, new knowledge coming about on a daily basis that it's hard to, you know, thinking back to my, my teaching time uh, in San Diego, you know, have a foundational structure to your learning. You know, you've got to build those foundations and you've got to scaffold that with new knowledge and then you've got to add layers to it. And it's hard to start at the top. You know, you don't build a house by putting the roof on first. So so learn the basics and that will take time. And in time, your, your ability to absorb the uh, fire hose of new information coming at you every day um, will increase and, and that information will have more and more value as, as time goes on. That's that's what I want to double down on is is encouraging people to learn whether it puts themselves at a point of value or, or helps a, a business uh, as a whole. Well, look, I couldn't agree more, and it brings us nicely to the end of our discussion today. Um, so, thanks to everybody who's been watching or listening to this episode. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, do everything I need you to do to help support this show, and of course, go and check out everything Tom and the team are doing over at machinemarketing.ai. Of course, he's got a .ai domain. Why wouldn't he? Uh, and check out all the great services and educational assistance that Tom can offer, maybe you or your organization in that area. So look, thanks very much indeed for joining us. I hope everybody can come back and meet me here again for some more discussions with creatives and leaders and thinkers. And all that's left for me to do is to thank you, Tom, for being a guest here on the Global Discussion. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you again today. Thank you very much, Simon. It's been great to be here.